Welcome to Scripps Talks. Today we have Bradley Parks joining us from Oregon. Brad didn't graduate too many years ago, so uh, he he remembers well what it's like to, to be a student, but you, you've been out there a while now. So tell us, Brad, what, what you've been doing since you graduated and then uh, how the, the virus has affected all of that. So for the majority of time uh, since I graduated, uh, I've been a digital producer for Oregon Public Broadcasting, and that's a title that sort of uh, means everything and nothing um, at the same time. Everything in that we do a little bit of everything, nothing, and that we can really make the job what we want. The you know daily duties sort of involve a little bit of reporting, lots of content editing and distribution, content strategy stuff, uh, social media, and then for me in particular, one of the things that I do a lot of is photojournalism. So how that's changed in COVID-19 is, you know, we're just doing it a lot more. Things have remained really busy for us, and we've had to, I guess, figure out a good balance of how much information people really need to know around this, because sort of every story we do is touched by COVID-19. And so at this point, a few weeks in, uh, to stay home, we're sort of like managing fatigue and doing our best to inform our audience and also entertain our audience with news about and related to COVID-19, but also stories from almost 100 years worth of archival material that aren't about COVID-19. Now, you said you do a lot of of, uh, editing and distributing work. What's the process like now since uh, you're you're working from home, I assume? What's, What's the workflow? For us, it's, you know, it's the same as it's always been. We, we do a lot of our work as digital producers from a computer anyhow, so it remains the same. Reporters report, editors edit, and then they send their stuff to us, and we're doing layout and, uh, you know, getting it out the door on our various platforms, mobile alerts, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We've got a morning newsletter that we send out every day. So right now, like I said, it's just a, a matter of, like, because we could get a dozen or more stories a day, and so figuring out what's the best way to spread those out over time. Does everything need to go right now? Can we hold it till later? The danger of doing everything right now is that you sort of overwhelm the audience uh, with too much information. And the danger of holding things is because the situation has sort of changed so rapidly every day, you risk changing your entire story and holding it up even further. That's sort of the the balance that we have right now. For gathering visuals, a lot of people on my team are video producers, and like I said, photojournalists, we've sort of had to, I don't know, we've, we've changed how we operate. The goal is obviously to still tell thoughtful and human stories of what people's lives are like in this pandemic, while also understanding that we also carry the potential to spread the virus by going out and interacting with people and sometimes being in their homes or their places of business as we document what life is really like. There are multiple things that you're weighing. It's like, one, get the story and do your job well. Two, keep everybody, including yourself, safe in the process. There raises so many uh, amazing questions. For example, when you're out shooting photographs, Do you find yourself using uh, telephoto settings a lot more to keep your distance? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's sort of like as a producer of photojournalism, I'm also a 
pretty avid consumer of photojournalism and what I've been working on for the past several days is sort of a, a pandemic in pictures from OPB, Oregon Public Broadcasting uh, photojournalists over the course of the past however many months. And what you can see is sort of like over time, not just the content of the pictures changes, but the ways in which they're composed changes. So it's like, you know, the people in the pictures move a little farther away over time and then there are fewer of them and there's a lot of negative space a lot of time there are different things like i've done a lot of assignments through windows like calling a family beforehand and saying like hey can we can we do this photo shoot and then the the safest way to do it is actually through the windows on the front of their home. You know, a lot of photographers have done window portraits where they come up to the glass and take pictures of subjects. It would be like using a like a film or a filter or something on your uh, camera, but it just comes as a result of shooting through glass. And so, like I said, if you look at the pictures over time, the content of the pictures changes, but also how they're composed. There was one thing that I did also that was uh, FaceTime portraits. So basically, like, taking my phone and FaceTiming a subject and creating a set in my apartment and then taking a picture of the phone. So having them stage themselves and then me staging them uh, in my apartment and just making a, I don't know, a different kind of portrait. Like I said, it's changed the way we work, and it's also changed the content of the images, too. How much of the work that you do is for the television side of, of uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting? Uh, for me personally, probably zero. I've had a couple of videos that have made it on as like interstitials uh, between programming. I think one was about goat yoga. The other was about politics. But, you know, so we'll make digital videos, um, and sometimes those will run on TV. But for my team in particular, very little is uh, funneled to television. We're a digital first news organization. And so, you know, we, we try to get to people wherever they are, whether that be on TV or on their uh, mobile screens, apps, on social media, on our website. Our whole strategy is reaching people where they are. We're lucky to be a public broadcaster because we have all these different avenues to reach people. Like we do have the TV, we have the radio, we have our website, we have our newsletter, all our social platforms. The game for us lately has sort of been figuring out how do we use each one of those platforms to our advantage. What's the story in Oregon with COVID-19 that might make it similar to what's happening elsewhere, but also perhaps unique to Oregon? That's a good question. One of the stories that I think about happening in the next few days is people familiar with uh, Oregon and the, and the Portland metropolitan area in particular will know that it's rainy for most of the winter. And right now, I mean, the weather is turning pretty nice. And before the governor had issued a stay home order, like actually requiring people to stay home, people had already gotten a little bit of cabin fever from six months of winter and rain. And when it got sunny outside, they flooded the beaches. So there's bumper-to-bumper traffic on all the roads to the Oregon coast, lots of people out on the beaches, and uh, some towns even, you know, issued their version of an executive order, say, like closing off the towns to tourists to attempt to stop the spread. Since then, it's changed, and now it's in order and not just guidance to stay home. 
modeling has suggested that a lot of those efforts might be working. But it was also super rainy and cold and chilly last week. And so the weather's changed this week to where it's in the 70s. And are people going to get cabin fever again and try to get outside and test the limits of uh, social distancing? And so I don't know if that makes it uniquely Oregon, but that's sort of the thing that I have my eye on. Well, we know that the area up in the state of Washington that was really hard hit um, early on, obviously that was a bit of a canary in the coal mine for, for the country. From here in Ohio, those two, where you are and that area seems very close together. But of course, when you live out there, they don't seem quite as close together. But did that seem like a local, uh, sort of a local story for Oregonians or did that still seem quite far away? I think it felt local for a lot of people, especially in our audience, because OPB, we reach not just all over the state of Oregon, but uh, also southwest Washington. And we have a bureau in southwest Washington because our major metropolitan area is so close to the border. News that's happening in Washington and in Seattle uh, in particular is, is of interest still to our audience. When the outbreak started to spread pretty rapidly in Washington, that's when things started to ratchet up in Oregon as well. Even though we, we didn't have the number of confirmed cases as Washington did, I think there was an understanding that because of the proximity and sort of watching how quickly it spread there, there was definitely the potential for the same to happen here. And so in that first week when everything was sort of shutting down, you know, we watched Washington, what they did, and then Oregon was sort of like an instant replay where it was like, you know, Washington bans large gatherings and Oregon bans large gatherings. Uh, Washington closes schools and Oregon closes schools. And it's remained on that sort of trajectory for a while. It'll, it'll be, I guess, curious to see whether anything bucks the trend. But so far, uh, I guess the curves have followed similar patterns even though Oregon has had fewer cases than Washington, I think it's because we've watched what they've done and acted accordingly based on what they've done. One of the things that I've heard several of our guests on Scripps Talks consider or talk about is what changes this experience might have for the long run as far as how they operate. At the university, we're doing a lot more online teaching right now. That's all we're really doing and but you know in the long run will this experience change how we function in the long run and I, and I wonder if you can see any anything happening with your work or your organization that might be affected long term by some of the skills that we've had to learn I mean it sounds like you already are doing a lot of these things but maybe maybe there are some changes you would predict at least here we've recognized like just how much we can actually put out and accomplish while working remotely. OPB is headquartered in Portland. Uh, we have bureaus in uh, Bend in Central Oregon and Vancouver in Southwest Washington. But we also broadcast all over the state and region, and then obviously online is accessible anywhere there's an internet connection. And so, but the vast majority of our people are in Portland. And one of the challenges that I think that we face sometimes, especially as a photojournalist, is being able to react and gather things on the ground when they break in other places across the state. And so I think this 
you know, the past several weeks of working remotely has been encouraging in that, you know, maybe we can spread out a little bit and station people in different parts across the state. Public media is broadcast across the country in pockets that may be untouched by other news outlets. And so that carries a huge, huge potential, just showing our capacity for remote work and being able to produce high quality information and entertainment and uh, still deliver it to people. So that, that's a thing that I think could change is more dispersed newsrooms rather than like centrally located. Bradley Parks, anything else you, you want to add? Any, uh, perhaps a message to the students you know, for some advice for how to take this experience and incorporate it into their career? I mean, I think it's obviously a very challenging time. And, you know, the way that we operate, you know, in our at-home workplaces and when we're out in the field is obviously going to change. I think that's a challenge that's worth taking is to still try to produce intimate human and authentic stories, you know, with real people, even though we can't necessarily get close to them. And maybe that's only something that I've realized since I've taken up photojournalism. I didn't do that in college. Um, It sort of has been something that I've adopted. But that's been the challenge is like, how do you tell an intimate story, an up close story when you can't necessarily get up close but people out there still they want to see themselves represented either in another person that's in your story or it's them telling their story themselves and so uh, you know things like joy and connection and community all those things still exist and it's still our job as journalists to tell those stories it just might look a little different and the same goes for stories of isolation and pain and all those other emotions all those things still exist they just look a little different and getting out there and capturing those things is a challenge and i think it's a challenge worth taking Bradley parks thank you for joining us on scripts talks today my pleasure 